WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. News time right now, 818. You're tuned to WGNS. And during the first half of the program, we have Dr. Kim Cleary Sadler on the air with us this morning, a professor of biology education at MTSU. And this morning, the topic will be the 44th year for the Elsie Quarterman Cedar Glade Wildflower Festival at Cedars of Lebanon State Park. So, Dr. Sadler, how are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic, and thanks for having me on the program. I wanted to talk a little bit about this um, this event that will be taking place. Well, actually, it's a two-day event that begins on April 29th, Friday, and then continues through April 30th, all day on Saturday. But what a, what a cool event to be going on for 44 years now. It's really amazing. The, the name of the event originally was called the Wildflower <laughs> Pilgrimage, and this was really for the benefit of people who couldn't make it to the uh, Smoky Mountains. So the Great Smoky Mountains has a wildflower pilgrimage every year around the same time. And so a ranger at uh, Cedars of Lebanon said, hey, let's do one here because we've got these amazing flowers that people really don't even know about. And for those who have not been to Cedars of Lebanon, I know we have a lot of new people in our area uh, of course, Rutherford County has grown so fast, it seems like. But a lot of folks have never even been to Cedars of Lebanon. So where is it? And, and tell us a little bit about it. So Cedars of Lebanon State Park is one of our showcase parks that actually um, uh, uses the natural history of Cedar Glades to, to inform the public about what they really are. And a lot of the local folks around here, I mean, they look at the Cedar Glades as just rocky places. So Cedar Glades, let me step back. So Cedar Glades are rocky outcroppings of uh, limestone rock, particularly Lebanon limestone. And the glade is about the opening or the clearing or the rocky spots, not really the cedars. So the cedars, they'll grow around within the fissures in the, in the cracks that are created in the limestone rock. But the story is really about the opening and the special plants that occur there. So Cedars of Lebanon is about 10 miles south of, of Lebanon, Tennessee. And we have uh, several other parks, actually, as well. And, uh, you know, I'm drawing a blank. I think Long Hunter is one. And, you know, of course, I'm just completely drawn. But there, we've got at least three or four parks here in Middle Tennessee that actually showcase Cedar Glades. And, and to get to Cedars of Lebanon from Murfreesboro, if you're headed towards Lebanon, uh, going towards Walter Hill, that direction, it's really only about, I guess, five to ten miles from the end of Walter Hill going towards Lebanon. I mean, it's not that far outside of Murfreesboro. It's really not. It's a very easy drive. Just head straight, you know, north up 231 and, you know, look for the signs and you're there. And finding the event is really easy because once you turn into the park, you just continue straight and always stay right. Think I'm always going to go right and I'll be going the right way and everything will be on the right hand side of the road. So you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see some signage, but really we try and keep signage down to a minimum because of wind and things like that. So just look for crowds of people. We're all gathering in the parking lot 
and there is information that's posted about this on the Cedars of Lebanon website, as well as uh, Middle Tennessee State University uh, Center for Cedar Glade Studies website as well. We have a full program. We'd love for everyone who's interested in Cedar Glades to come. And it's a, a good-sized park. There's lots of hiking trails out there. There's camping out there as well. But, uh, you know, a very, very beautiful park. And that is where this is all going to take place, April 29th, and then all day on Saturday, April 30th. And I know this year it is named after Dr. Elsie Quarterman. Tell us a little bit about her. Why, why did it get named after her? It's really an interesting story. So Dr. Elsie Quarterman was, she um, lived to actually be nearly 104 years old. Quite a story is that as well. But she was a, a plant ecologist, a professor at Vanderbilt. And she came to Vanderbilt in the late 40s and as a, uh, a needed instructor because of the war effort, they needed people to come and teach. And then a consequence of being at Vanderbilt, she communicated with a professor at Duke who said, hey, while you're there, why don't you check out those cedar glades? I've heard there's some pretty cool stuff going on. And so she did. And that's where her research story began. And, and many students have been through her lab as, a well, as well and then also studied these wonderful plants of the cedar glades. Well, that, that's interesting. And she was she lived 104. Nearly, yeah. Nearly 103 and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that she was a professor because women from that era growing up, a lot of them didn't go to college. So this this. She made history in a lot of ways, didn't she? She really did, and and she was the first female uh, department head, department chair at Vanderbilt, and was really amazing. She had incredible fortitude, you can imagine. And her work didn't end when she retired from Vanderbilt in the mid-70s. She continued on. She was key to uh, the formation of the Nature Conservancy here in Tennessee and, and protecting precious lands, not only in Middle Tennessee, but elsewhere. So this special event coming up, it is the Wildflower Festival at Cedars of Lebanon State Park. There is even a uh, three-hour hike that's being planned to take place with all this uh, going on. Um, So with that three-hour hike, what are they going to see? So we actually have two of them planned, and I need to just share with you that we would prefer that you pre-register for the event. So the Cedars of Lebanon website has a registration option. And again, you know, donations are always welcome. That money doesn't go to MTSU. It goes to Cedars of Lebanon. But if if you don't feel like contributing, that's fine as well. Just check the zero uh, dollar payment option. And uh, but the kinds of things that you'll see will be the wonderful uh, plants that are blooming and and just some of the names of them. I'll I'll go ahead and rattle a few off the Tennessee coneflower, which is our conservation success story here in Tennessee, is uh, just beginning to bloom. And the plant was initially rediscovered, let me say that, by Dr. Quarterman and a student in the late 60s. It was thought to be extinct and uh, they identified the plant, found the plant, and then proceeded to understand about its natural history. So where does it live? How does it grow? Excuse me. And how does it reproduce? And so once they figured that out, then they began planting it in protected areas. And sure enough, the plant population numbers recovered such that it was taken off the federally um, endangered species list, and now it's listed as threatened. So there's a conservation success story. It's not all bad, bad, bad. There is good news as well out there. So you'll get to see that plant, um, Gadiger's lobelia, um, 
Nashville breadroot. There'll be a little tiny mustard, Nashville mustards. So you hear a lot of these have the name of Nashville in them because the initial botanist who identified these plants in the actually during the Civil War, he he named them after the area. And so there's a lot of history. I could probably keep going on and on. And whenever you talk about rocks, and I know we were talking about the limestone out there and everything, but you, whenever you talk about rocks, you got to talk about fossils a little bit too, because there are a lot of fossils throughout Tennessee, and Cedars of Lebanon is one of those places where you can find fossils. That's exactly right. Of course, let me just say this, fossil hunters, you know, they are protected by law. So it's a little discouraging when you go out and you see that somebody's been, you know, chipping away. But sure, you'll find a lot of marine fossils. So the the bodies of once, the hard shell bodies of once living organisms actually comprise the um, the rock that we see, this, this limestone rock. And again, you guys know that that Middle Tennessee was once a dome, actually two different occasions geologically. Middle Tennessee was a dome that has eroded down to this really, really old limestone rock. And so there's definitely plenty of fossils to see as well. We do have um, two hikes. That One is a longer geology hike, and then we have an, a morning hike with the same geologist. Actually, this uh, Ron Zorowski, the state geologist for Tennessee. And what's interesting, if I'm not mistaken, the... Uh, Cedars of Lebanon, as far as above sea level, the height, it's higher up than Murfreesboro is itself. So it's interesting, I think, to, you know, further dive into the fossil side of things in that direction. It really is fascinating, and, and you guys know that underneath all of our feet, we've got this subterranean network, a huge number of caves here in Middle Tennessee. And because of a fungal infection, white-nose syndrome in bats, uh, we don't uh, permit uh, people to go into caves anymore at this point in time until we get a handle on how this is spread, and you know, it's, it's actually disseminating some bat populations. But um, if you'll come, you could talk with Dr. Zorowski about what's here and where to go and look. And, you know, he'll kind of step everybody through that. I think we have some of the, well, one of the highest numbers of caves out of any state in, ten, in the United States. I think we have some of the highest numbers of caves. That's what I've heard as well. Yeah, it's just really amazing. And, and once upon a time, actually, when we started this uh, festival, the namesake, Dr. Elsie Quarterman, about 15 years ago, we uh, we had cave hikes where we actually allowed people to go down deep into a cave, which was pretty exciting if you're not claustrophobic. But again, that's off the books now. <laughs> again, with us this morning, Dr. Sadler, professor of biology education at MTSU. And, uh, you know, in this subject of biology, I'm, I'm curious, incoming students to MTSU, is there still a real interest in biology like Maybe there was 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm really proud to brag about this, but we have the highest enrollment of incoming uh, freshmen in the sciences in biology. And, and we have a magnificent department with professors that are studying all types of wonderful things. And uh, we have a, a wonderful team of organismal biologists. We have molecular biologists. And I really would love for anyone to come and say hello when they're in the building to me or, or anybody. Just walk up and down the halls and someone will be glad to talk with you. And when you talk about biology, you're talking about such a wide range of subjects, really. This is, this is true. A lot of students don't realize that the, the story of biology begins at the molecular level. 
And we, you know, we at once upon a time, we just looked at things and we identified them, we would call that morphologically. But now we know the true identity of all living things lies within the DNA. And so we have a wonderful team of researchers that actually explore this and, uh, and look into diseases, Parkinson's disease, cancer, uh, just magnificent, really. Hey, I was about to say, I, I know we're almost out of time, but MTSU has a great partnership with universities and places like Japan where students are really working to find new medicines based on plants. That's exactly right. So we have our native ginseng, which to local people, I mean, medicine did not come from Walgreens, everybody. I mean, medicines came from from the earth, from plants, from fungi. And so there is some really interesting research going on right now about taking the native ginseng and um, which has therapeutic properties and then coming up with a way to clone that and produce the medicines from that. It is really fascinating, though, to kind of look at the different plants out there, because I think we're just now really discovering how different plants can be used in medicine. This is so true. And, you know, where do we get the ideas for these molecules? We have to look to nature for that. Definitely. Again, with us this morning, Dr. Kim Sadler, Professor of Biology Education at MTSU, and once more, the 44th Elsie Quarterman Cedar Glade Wildflower Festival will be at Cedars of Lebanon State Park Friday, April 29th, and all day Saturday, April 30th, and you can learn more, I guess, on the Cedars of Lebanon website, the State Park website, or at MTSU, right? That's correct. Sounds good. Anything else you can think of as we close out this morning? Uh, sure. If you want more information and a copy of the flyer, which has all of the times and, and the what's of the program, again, Cedars of Lebanon has that posted as well as at mtsu.edu forward slash Glade, G-L-A-D-E dash center. Sounds great. Well, thank you again for joining us this morning. Thank you. Time right now, 831. You're listening to WGNS. Stay with us. We have more news, more information coming up. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. You can find us at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest running and only family operated pet store. Here at Animal City, we know how important nutrition is to a healthy pet. We are proud to carry full lines of premium foods to suit most critters. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Slight chance of thunderstorms this afternoon, otherwise cloudy and a high near 60. And then for later on tonight, we'll see clear conditions and a low of 35. I'm meteorologist Nick Carlisle on News Radio WGNS. Right now it's 45. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door. If you're interested in our catering, you can go to demasesrestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants. Go to demasesrestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Murfreesboro, you have a weather story. That big storm, how it made you feel. How it changed your plans, maybe even changed your life. 
I'm Storm 5 meteorologist Nikki D. Ray. Weather in Murfreesboro hits home. So when storms roll in, we want you to be ready. Feel safe. Let the Storm 5 weather team protect you and your family. Murfreesboro, you're always on our radar. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.33. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Monday morning, today, the 18th of April. And now in studio with us, Billy Pittard, professor and chair of the MTSU Department of Media Arts. How are you this morning? I'm I'm great, and it's great. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you. Definitely. And you're going to talk a little bit about extended reality or XR video production technology at MTSU. But before we get into all of that, what in the world is <laughs> XR video production? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, did you happen to see the movie Dune? I did. Yeah. Well, and you know, it just really kind of swept the Oscars. Well, that was done with this new technology, this new technique. And uh, also The Mandalorian. A lot of people are aware of The Mandalorian was also shot with this. And uh, honestly, a lot of films have been going in this direction. But let me just give you a quick overview about what we're actually talking about. Uh, an XR or extended reality stage is a special setup where you have LED walls, high resolution. Think of it as a very huge high resolution television screen behind the actors. Uh, and driving that, you have a camera or multiple cameras that are shooting that scene. And the scene that's projected on, the, on that screen behind there is, is made, it's optimized for what, where the camera is. So if the camera moves a little bit, the picture will change. Just like when you go through a video game parallax you move a little bit and suddenly you can see around something yeah. all right so with it can you move the camera and the background will change naturally like that uh and that is being driven by something called unreal engine which is the same software that's used to drive many video games so you're talking about layers of video production going into to make one picture, I guess, for the audience to see. That's right. I mean, you could say it like that. It's really what the cat, you, you're doing something in the studio that makes it look like you could be any place you can imagine. Huh. It could be a real place that you scanned and have a 3D model that's actually being projected, which is like a video game. That's how that works. Or it could be a place that is, uh, you know, completely artificial, built from scratch. Or it could be a scanned place, like a, r a room that you might recognize. So in the movie theaters, are they having to use different types of equipment in order to project th this new image? No, no. This is, this is the production method. It has nothing to do with how it's actually delivered to home. You still watch the the complete product in the same way okay. it's just you know green screen i mean that's pretty common people kind of have an, under, they, an idea how that works same thing only much better and rather than a green screen behind you what you have is a picture behind you and this is being taught to new students at mtsu how to go about i guess actually producing and editing all of this video and, and learning more about it 
Well, that's our job. <laughs> so the first thing is we have to we have to set one of these things up. And the reason that we're that we of all schools are doing this right here in little old Murfreesboro, well, we people don't realize this, but we've been teaching video and film production for 50 years. We've also been teaching animation for 30 years. So these are things that we've been doing that kind of they come together to form this that are necessary parts of what XR production or virtual production is about. Not only that, but we've also had the unusual opportunity to teach students how to work with LED walls. Uh, this is because of our proximity to Nashville and the touring industry. If you go to a concert, a big concert, you're likely to be watching the video screen more than the stage because, you know, you can see that performance much better. So that's an example of how these big LED walls are being used. Uh, they're also used in TV shows like the Oscars. The set is typically going to be an LED wall. Uh, Dancing with the Stars, America's Got Talent, all those kinds of shows, they're using big LED walls as the set. You also go to Broadway uh, and you see a big play, and a lot of plays are using, doing this as well. So this technology, we've been teaching for eight years, and that's very unusual. We only know of one other school that's doing that anywhere in the world. You know, when it, when it comes to everything from photography to video to sound, technology has really upped the game. I, I mean, there are so many just much better, higher levels of quality today compared to even five years ago. I, I mean, things have changed so much. Absolutely. Well, we, we're completely dependent on technology f to do what we do. We're not about technology, but it makes it possible to do what we do. So for us as, as educators, it's very important that we think about where the, what's the world going to be like in four years when the freshmen graduate yeah. <clears throat> or eight years or 10 years down the road what's their future going to be like so like wayne gretzky famously said i skate to where the puck is going to be so we think about where the technology is going we look for major trends and we try to get ahead of them so that our students are going to be able to take advantage of those things and be able to have very successful careers. And I'm sure the goal is to give them enough of a foundation so that as technology grows and changes over their years, they're going to have enough of a grasp on it to just grow with it without having to relearn it all. Well, yes, and they're still going to have to relearn it all. The, you're right, though, about the foundation. The foundational part is the part that doesn't change. Basic storytelling, understanding audiences, understanding human, human emotions, just how to tell a good story. Now, those principles don't really change, but what does change is the tools and the things that, we're po that become possible to do. This, we're constantly seeing a churn in technology. So what we try to teach our students is roll with it. You know, don't avoid it, embrace it, use it, take take full advantage of it. I mean, just think a few years ago, we were on standard definition television, and then it switched to high definition. That caused a lot of change in the industry that was some was people were kind of blindsided by that, or the internet itself. I mean, there's constant change in technology for how how things are created, how they're distributed. I mean, there's just, yeah. We, so we want our students to be ready for that. <laughs> Again with us this morning, Billy Pittard, professor and chair of the MTSU Department of Media Arts. And I'm, I'm trying to 
kind of visualize the production stage with multiple LED screens and, and all of that. It, what does a production stage look like for, let's say, a, a high-tech looking scene in a movie? What, what mm -hmm. would that stage look like? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can set it up. Our initially, what we're going to do initially is we're going to have, uh, think of a corner of a room, two walls and a floor, okay? The walls are going to be 15 feet wide, 12 feet tall, and the floor is going to be 15 feet square. The walls and the floor are going to have LED panels in them. So we can take these apart and we can configure them differently, and we will do that as well. But for initially, we're going to start with that kind of very simple model, looking in the corner of a room. You put your talent or any kind of foreground objects in that scene. You shoot it with the camera. You put the image that you want, the, the place that you want the, uh, this to appear to be, into that scene. Okay? So that becomes completely surrounding the actor. So right? the act, is the actor actually seeing that as they it's being see produced? It. Okay. Absolutely. So this is all happening real time right in front of the camera. And uh, one of the interesting things about this that... Uh, it's just kind of it just makes it so compelling for the production process is you're not you see what you see is what you get but also the actors have a sense of where they are and where they're going to be seen unlike standing in front of a green screen yeah so now you kind of really get a sense of this place that you're in whether it's scary or happy or bright or dark or whatever it is and interestingly the because these panels are light they are also illuminating the actor so if there's uh dark on one side and bright on the other side it lights the it lights the talent just like like it should like it should yeah. and if there happens to be lightning flashing or anything like that it's going to actually you'll see that light effect on the on the talent as well so to the camera and to the viewer it looks absolutely convincingly like you are in that place. I, I can just imagine for an actor or something, if they had any level of motion sickness, it would probably throw them off a little bit. Yeah, and you know, a uh, funny thing is, we to, to announce this whole thing, uh, our friends at Monolith Studios in Nashville, we asked if we could borrow their stage yeah. <laughs> to shoot a little video to announce this thing, because ours isn't going to be ready for several months. So they said, sure, and so theirs was set up for automotive, which is a different kind of setup from mm -hmm. what I just described. So automotive, they have special LED panels up above to create reflections on the vehicle in the desired spots, on the windows, on the body, etc. So it's a huge stage, and we rolled a truck in there and got inside the truck, and then we put video up of a scene driving down a road, a country road, curves and hills and everything. And so I was the driver in this <laughs> demo video. And honestly, I, I was worried about keeping that truck on the road. And it was, it was just a psychological effect of feeling like you're there. It's the same thing. So yeah, vertigo, whatever, you, you're going to feel like you're in that place. That, that's pretty cool. So you literally rolled in just a regular old truck and got in it, and it felt like you were moving in it, every scene. It did. It was, I mean, you just have to be there to really, to do it yourself to yeah. really feel it. But yes, it made, it made me feel like I was in that truck driving down that road. That's pretty neat. Again, Billy Pittard with us this morning from MTSU. If anybody wants to learn more about this, maybe they have a child that's 
going that direction of, of media and wanting to do video production, whatever it may be, or maybe they're wanting to, what do they need to do first? Uh, well, you know, we have a special website set up. It's very simple to get to, mtsu-xr.com. Go there, and we have that little video that I just described. It'll show you kind of what we're doing. We even put the technical specs up there so you can see exactly what we're using to build this with. So it's all there for you to take a look at, mtsu-xr.com. And again, this extended reality video production, it actually submerses the the actor or actors into the scene in just a way that's never really been done before i guess that's true it just makes you feel like you're there and to the audience it definitely looks like you're there very cool again with us today billy pittard professor and chair of the mtsu department of media arts and you can learn more about this on the mtsu website and once more that web address that was set up for this extended reality video yes it's mtsu-xr.com sounds good well thank you very much for joining us today thank you for having me time right now 8:46. a check on the traffic comes your way next and then we'll be back and we have more information and more news coming your way Good morning. Traffic still moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. Just now starting to pick up a bit out here on 24 up by Bell Road, 840 Scott, some radar over in parts of uh, Williamson County. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world famous cotton candy wine. Check them out at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place, Rutherford County's premier retirement community with all five levels of care. Independent living, assisted living, memory care, rehabilitation, and continuing care. I'm Elise Alexander, and I enjoy being here because everybody's so friendly. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.48 on this Monday morning, and now in studio with us, Dr. Deborah Lee, NHC Chair of Excellence in Nursing, Director of the Positive Aging Consortium, and then also Laura Grissom, Health and Wellness Education Coordinator at St. Clair Street Senior Center, and then a member of the Positive Aging Consortium and the conference planning team. So what all are we talking about here? Well, good morning, and thanks for having us. We are thrilled and excited to let the community know that on June 10th, we will be holding our inaugural Positive Aging Conference at Middle Tennessee State University at our Miller Education Center on East Bell Street. 
And the whole goal is to age in a positive way as opposed to a negative way, I guess. <laughs> That's what yes. we're hoping for. Uh, and, and Laura uh, is a wonderful partner with us here. She is a community member on the consortium, but also a member of the planning team and brings her experience working with older adults at St. Clair Street Senior Center. And the conference is really for anybody interested in positive aging. And so we want anybody who has that interest, of course, older adults, caregivers, people in the community who work with older adults, or just anybody who just wants to come and learn more. And of course, there's a lot more to positive aging than just, uh, you know, eating healthy over the years. There's also psychology to it. There's also uh, the fitness side of it, and then also the financial side of it, I guess. Yes, sir. We are at St. Clair Street Senior Center. We are really into making sure that our seniors take advantage of all those things. We have a lot of fitness classes over at the Senior Center, and we try to plug everybody into one of those because it is very important to continue moving as we age. The old, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it is kind of a true statement. <laughs> so we work on that aspect, which is obviously one of the things that I am very interested in for our seniors as being over the health and wellness. And then we also have folks come in and speak on the financial aspect and, and nutrition. And a lot of the things that we're covering at the conference are things that we try to do on a regular basis at the senior center. So that's why we came together and we're inviting all of our seniors that come to the center to come to the conference to continue this education and learning you know, and on a deeper level what you can do to age positively. It seems like one of those things that some folks do once they retire, and it almost always equals aging quicker and, and, and dying before they should, is not getting out and mixing with other folks. You know, actually getting out into the community and having a life, if you would. But people make that mistake of just staying home, being shut in and, and not getting out. And I know St. Clair Street, senior center i mean that's one of those places where folks can meet new people oh definitely and unfortunately with covid through the pandemic we saw so much of that of people staying home and of course there wasn't a choice at that point um but unfortunately some folks have continued to stay home they just still either they got used to that they got used to the isolation and not going out um, physically, they got weaker because they weren't moving. Um, just a lot of different parts to that. But we definitely um, are trying to constantly get folks together. Socialization is such a huge part of healthy aging as well. And even in the fitness classes and all the other educational things we do at the Senior Center, being social together, having friends and meeting with like-minded people, that is a huge part of that definitely uh, again with us this morning deborah lee and laura grissom and again we're talking about positive aging and a special event coming up on june the 10th and that's going to be a big conference and is that conference open to everybody it is and the thing we love about the conference is that we have been very dedicated to doing it in person so we've had to postpone it twice because of covid but june 10th uh anybody can attend and the registration is online and people can go to um www.mtsu.edu backslash p 
PAC, which stands for the Positive Asian Consortium, and register online. We have been very uh, blessed with lots of great sponsors who have been able to keep the price down. It's only $35, and we are partnering um, our some of our speakers from the university to talk on um, taking steps to maintain a healthy brain, um, reaching your physical utopia, financial decision-making and scamming, uh, uh, nutrition and food science talking about um, a tower garden to table but our keynote speaker who we're bringing in and sponsored by our distinguished lecture fund at the university is Dr. Julie Sweetland and she's going to talk about building momentum how mind shifts on aging are shifting we also have small group discussions that are going to take place to bring people together to talk about what we're learning as a community so it's a great time for not only uh, learning more but as Laura talked about the importance of being together socializing and um, we are really uh, excited about the opportunity that this can bring for our community. The, the psychological side of it, one of your guest speakers, like you said, taking steps to maintain a healthy brain as we age. That, that's interesting because there is a, a psychological side to aging, of course. Absolutely. And there are things that we can do. And I think part of the thing about whether or not we age in a positive way is if we take those steps about keeping our brain active and, and being aware of uh, the importance of physical activity, which is not going out and running a marathon. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it is walking 30 minutes a day. Uh, it is eating healthy, certainly. And also it is knowing about, you know, how to maintain our finances as we age, which is a really important thing. And the reason I'm really excited about Dr. Sweetland speaking is, you know, ageism is a real thing yeah. where people are discriminated against and, um, and how we talk about and write about uh, older adults is something we all need to be looking at in terms of aging is all of us not just them mm. that's the one thing we all have in common we are all getting older staying active is one of those key things I think to staying young and to stay active that could be I guess anything from working outside and a garden landscaping whatever it may be to having a wood shop I mean staying active is one of those things that sounds like it's key and everything you're saying it is key and, and I'm so glad you're bringing up examples because people think it, it's a big thing you have to do some kind of big hard physical activity but it really is just moving every day is a really important thing that we can all do and the you know the research that keeps coming out continues to tell us about how protective physical activity is on our cognition and our and our brain function so not only is it good for our physical body it's good for our brain as well so maybe if uh, you had a hobby as you know i don't know working on cars when you were younger try to get back into something like that i mean try it even though you're older give it a try get back into it absolutely get out there and live your life <laughs> that's, that's right and, and what age groups are we talking about this conference being kind of geared towards well, certainly it's anybody with an interest. Again, like I said, we're all aging. Anybody um, of age, right? Anybody of age. And I would say that, you know, we really do want this to be for um, our older adult population. So I would say anybody who feels like they fall into that, uh, if they want to learn more and get to hear uh, wonderful speakers mm -hmm. and get to socialize and maybe meet some new people, we want them there. You know, you hear people say stuff like uh, 50 is the new... 30 whatever it may be um are any of those things do any of those things really hold water these days I, I mean is there you know hey if you're 60 today you really most people feel like they're actually 
50. I mean, is there anything like that that holds water? Well, I think that's a a really fun thing that you just brought up because I think it's very individualized. And I just uh, entered my sixth decade in September. And I will tell you, I I really feel like I'm in my 40s at this point. But somebody else might have a very different experience with their aging process. So I would say it is. I mean, I would say... um, what we see grandparents doing today is really pretty different than maybe what our grandparents were able to do with us. So I think it is. I think we are seeing those things happen for most people. And again, you can learn more about all of this. The, the conference is coming up where? At uh, Miller Education Center on East Bell Street in Murfreesboro. And it starts uh, at 9 a.m. and goes till 3.30 on June the 10th, which is a Friday. And registration is online at mtsu.edu backslash PAC, which stands for Positive Aging Consortium. And for those who visit the St. Clair Street Senior Center already, is there information available there? Can they sign up in person there? Uh, all all registration is online and just want to remind folks that they will not be able to come the day of the conference to register they do have to register previously beforehand and yes they can come see me uh, at the center if they have any questions about it and we actually have some faculty from mtsu who has already been there once and they will be there again this wednesday morning to help folks because there are some who don't have an email address or who are not comfortable doing online registration and we are more and glad to help them do that yes and the overall goal of this is for those who live in this area to, to what i mean what would you say to somebody I said to, to really come together, learn what the latest science is, tells us, but, but learn it in a, not a research way, but then in a friendly way. And then hear how other people in the community are utilizing that information. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then to be able to go out and say, hey, what can I do with this to live, to live my life in a way where I'm aging in the most positive way possible? And then, of course, you'll be breaking up, it sounds like, in small groups to further discuss some of the things that are, that are learned at the event. Absolutely. And we will, you know, bring all of that information together because we have many, you know, many connections to community groups like St. Clair Street where we can probably give them some guidance about here's what we're hearing from our community about what would be most beneficial to them around this information. And again, it is the uh, upcoming event is called the inaugural Positive Aging Conference. It will be held at MTSU on June the 10th, so it will be this summer, uh, which is really right around the corner at this point. Um, and you've already had to kind of hold off on it a couple of times because of COVID, but now June 10th is the date, so sounds good. We want people there, absolutely. We've waited a long time for this. Yes, Definitely. Again, with us today, Dr. Deborah Lee and also Laura Grissom. And uh, just kind of keep us up to date on everything going on and let us know more about it so we can pass it along to the listeners. Thank you. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Time right now, 8.59. Stay with us. More news and information coming up next. Slight chance of thunderstorms this afternoon, otherwise cloudy and a high near 60. And then for later on tonight, we'll see clear conditions and a low of 35. I'm meteorologist Nick Carlisle on News Radio WGNS. Right now it's 45. 